heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. It's hard to say that uh, when you utter these words and you say, well, COVID was kind of a blessing, you kind of think, what are you talking about? There's not much of anything good that came out of that. Well, in, in one way it was, in a warped, weird sort of way, my friends, and it really is through what's been transpired here through education, the spotlight that has been put. And we sort of knew this. I mean, listen, you can rewind the tapes and go back and listen right in the heart of the pandemic. And we talked about that as there was a lot of focus on education, remember, and a lot of focus because homeschooling was happening. People, the kids were out of school, things were shut down, locked down. Uh, you know, all that weirdness was going on. But at the same time, parents were getting a sense of what was happening really in the school system. And it was eye-opening. I mean, I remember reporting on it and talking about it. And we've had some of those conversations here on this broadcast here and on our network. And uh, it was it was eye-opening. And I think people were aghast. Uh, the, pr- the problem is a lot of people make the mistake of letting the schools do the babysitting. They let the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts do the babysitting. The, you know, these kinds of activities, the sports teams, uh, instead of being actively involved in the kids' lives. And this is tricky. Now, when I question people about this, they say, well, you know, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. And, you know, I, but yeah, everybody's busy. I get it. And we're all busy working. We're all busy putting food on the table and raising kids and having life and jobs and career and, you know, the whole thing, right? But really, at the end of the day, what's more important than your children? I mean, that's the whole deal, isn't it? I mean, it really is. And yet, we've sort of mortgaged the future. And now when you look at things that are happening, friends, and, you know, everybody who's out there griping and bitching and complaining and what have you, we did it to us ourselves, really. This whole business of education and the indoctrination of what's happened, we took our eye off the ball. I mean, listen, you don't have to I mean, just look in the mirror, everybody, and see who to blame. And I would suggest to you, we blame ourselves. They, they've used education to, to change, modify, and indoctrinate entire generations. That's why you've got all of this trans stuff going on and and uh, body parts changing and people just making no sense at all. And it's at epidemic stages. And that's because of what's being taught in the school system. It's pretty sick is the bottom line is what's happening here. There's, there's a, uh, a takeover of our kids' minds and their brains and their thoughts. And I think until parents push back hard, and we've seen some of that in Virginia for sure, you know, when that all transpired on the national uh, footprint, right? I mean, you've seen that. And that was an eye-opening moment when you seen the school boards. And finally, parents started to see, well, I think we better get involved a little bit, right? Better get involved in the school boards. You know, politics is always local. Let's be, be, be clear on that. It's always local. That's where it's always done. And the problem is a lot of patriots, a lot of conservatives have taken their eyes off of that from a local standpoint, uh, and they're not paying attention. And that's why... The Marxist left have taken advantage 
Now you see what the problem is. Well, recently you've been seeing some of these stories about uh, the school books, right? And graphic images and the things that are being put into the children's books. And, and let me be clear that some of it is so out there. I mean, it's so out there. You can't even comprehend it. You don't even, re- you, you kind of don't even believe it. You know what I mean? You don't really believe it. You think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just, it's all, you know, hype. That's not really, come on. Because really at the end of the day, what sensible person, what sensible adult would put that in books to teach to minor children? To what, Who would do that? I mean, what's their, what's their uh, agenda? What's the objective of that? What what good could possibly come out of that? And this is where the perversion begins to take place, my fellow Americans, and it's pretty, pretty sick, I'll tell you. That's where we're going to start today here. Welcome into the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. Uh, yours truly privileged to be with you always. Uh, interest in a broadcast and conversation today, one that always gets people uh, unsettled. You, you'll hear some things today that are very unsettling. Uh, the, and possibly some graphic messages as well, uh, because that's what's being put into the school books, frankly, when you hear some of these words and see them and people always do a double take and uh, that's they they can't believe it, really, because it, oh, it almost is unbelievable, like it's not really happening, but it is happening. Uh, so always comes back to our moms and people that understand what's happening to our kids. And there's a mom up in Pennsylvania who really got irate about what had transpired here, what she had started to see in the books, the school books. And some of the uh, suggestions here, and I'll let her tell you what those are in just a moment. We're so out there, but her story is very, very compelling. And it came to light, uh, also came to my attention because one of our uh, uh, regular weekly writers and one of our voices here, which will also be on the program today, uh, Dr. Stephanie Coxon. So we'll talk to her a little bit later in the broadcast. But I want to bring on here up front in the program, Phoenicia Redman is here. She's a Pennsylvania mom, uh, and she has had just about enough. Uh, She is suing government officials. Uh, Well, why? Well, because there's pornography in the books, uh, teaching the kids. Uh, And who approved all of this is really the question. How does it happen here? Uh, Let's start right there. And Phoenicia, welcome to uh, the Voice of a Nation and America Out Loud Talk Radio. Good to have you here. Malcolm, thank you for having me and telling Pennsylvania's story. Yeah, well, the whole country needs to hear this because this is happening in all 50 states, to be sure. It's happening all across our country. And obviously, people like you that stand up for truth are going to be most, most important. All right. So let's let's really explain this story now. So, all right. Where does it happen? Where does the rubber meet the road for you? Bring it back to the point where you started. I mean, I can just visualize you sitting there, Phoenicia, and you start to see these images or first you hear about them and then you see them and you must have done a triple take and said, this is like bullshit. I mean, how does this really happen? What was that moment like? When did that happen, please? It happened in November uh, during a school board meeting at Great Valley uh, School District. Uh, Another adult was reading excerpts from a book that she was objecting to being. uh, Another mom, you mean? Another mom? Uh, She's not a mom. She's she's a a member of the community. And when she read these excerpts, I 
I sat there just stunned thinking she must have made an error that cannot be in the school library. This book is titled All Boys Aren't Blue. And uh, she read, I apologize to those who are going to hear this now, but our children have access to this book. And so American adults need to hear what the state has made available to our children. One page, two, on page 266, it reads as follows. He reached his hand. I'm sorry, it's just always hard to, um, okay. He reached his hand down and pulled out my dick. He quietly went to giving me head. I just sat back and enjoyed it as I could tell he was too. He then came up and asked me if I wanted to try on him. I said, sure. I began and he said, watch your teeth. I didn't want to let him know I was inexperienced. So I slowed down and took my time and luckily got into a good rhythm. He didn't know I was a virgin. I did my best to act dominant like my favorite porn star. There was so much excitement running through my body. This was much more than losing my virginity. For once I was consenting to the sexual satisfaction of my body. This is the account uh, from this book, chapter 15, where this college student, it's a memoir, he's talking about losing his virginity twice. He's a college student and that book is available in my son's school. They purchased, the librarian purchased four copies of this book, September 21 of 2020. Hmm. So I'm stunned. Yes, I that not was heard the that. beginning. Hmm. That was the beginning. And I then just began uh, hmm. speaking at school board meetings, hmm. identifying other books by way of right to know request. Another book that the school purchased, I believe four copies is titled Gender Queer. This book on page 135 shows a naked man with his penis erect, grabbing the penis of an adolescent child. On page 147, it shows two adolescents. One is giving oral sex to another adolescent on page 147. Another book that our school district purchased is titled Fun Home. On page 240, 214, it shows two women, one woman naked. These are cartoon images, naked on her back with her breast exposed and another woman with her face in the vagina of the woman who's laying down. And the caption reads, in true heroic fashion, I moved toward the thing I feared. Uh, I can say that it, the illustrations can be found on my GoFundMe Malcolm page, yeah. uh, Injunction PA Mom. Uh, your, your listeners can see these graphic images Another book titled Push is the detail of a young black girl repeatedly raped by her father. I can't even read this. 
at one point on page 24, this is a fiction, by the way, this young girl begins to express how she's beginning to get sexually aroused while her father is raping her. Mm. All of my protests in the school board meetings came to a head on March 14, when I again spoke and uh, the videos are there on YouTube, on Great Valley's YouTube page. Uh, after I spoke again in protest to these books saying that this is a, a federal crime, I read to this school board members multiple times that the federal law 18 USC section 1470 specifically titled transfer of obscene material to minors states, whoever using the mail or any facility or means of interstate or foreign, foreign commerce knowingly transfers obscene matter to another individual who has not attained the age of 16 years, knowing that such individual has not attained the age of 16 years or attempts to do so, shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. They listen to these uh, readings. They, I've shown them posters, blown up images of this pornographic material. I've read the federal statute to them. They stay silent. The books have been in there, have not been removed. And on March 14th, when I stood up again, and I said, what, you know, what are you all doing with this? After that meeting, I was physically assaulted by two women pushed out of the school board building. I was on the phone with 911 for over seven minutes. Wow. And when I got pushed out of the building, the one woman said, it'll be your word against mine. The next mm. weekend is when I met Stephanie. Mm. I took one of the most graphic pictures of the children having oral sex with each other. And I stood up in front of the, the governor candidates. At that time, they were in primary phase. And in the middle of their Q&A, I stood up with the poster and I said, I'm a mom from Chester County and nobody is talking about the sexualizing of our children. Hmm. And I held the poster up so that they could see it. They asked 13 questions and not one question was about what they've put in front of our children. And I had enough. The police sat me down and they said, ma'am, you, you know, you, 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 we're going to kick you. I said, no, you're not. And I sat down and they said, put that poster down. I said, no, this is my first amendment, right? This is part of my free speech and everyone needs to see this. Stephanie saw me in that impromptu protest and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, thank you for that uh, accounting of things. Uh, it, it does leave you about speechless. Um, and it goes to the core of your uh, strength, your courage, Venetia. Your, your courage is, is very clear, but this is what it takes to fight back at the system. What is it that these people uh, in these meetings, what are, I mean, you're there, you're showing the images, you're reading the actual words, the stuff is out there. What is it that scares them? Is it the truth that scares them? What, what, and why do they want this sort of thing in the books, do you think? Malcolm, they're unafraid. You know why they're unafraid? Because they know 
I filed two police reports, one in December against this first book, All Boys Aren't Blue. And I filed a second police complaint, second complaint on the gender career, the the children giving each other oral sex. Mm -hmm. The detective who is friends with the high school principal, how do I know what I'm about to tell you? I filed a right to know request on the police report. The detective sends an email to the principal saying a mom has come and complained about books that, and she's alleging that you are forcing children to read uh, pornographic books. First of all, I never said I, I, I was forcing. I said they're available in the library for children to have access to. She goes on to say, children in the high school who are 18 years can read whatever they want, the investigating detective. And what does the high school principal reply back, Heidi Capitola? She replies back, yes, we have four copies of that book and we encourage children to read what they want. Mm. Wow. That's the detective investigating my complaint, talking to the high school principal, yeah. and they're on a first name basis saying, it's okay, it's okay. All right, I, let, let me ask you, when you, the reference to 18 years old, so what, where are the, the, let's talk about the availability, the ages of the kids. Like, for instance, without saying too much, as I don't want to say that about your own personal, your children, do you have just one son or one I child? I have one or? child, yes. Okay. One child. And, and rough, just again, I want to say to you, how, what age roughly? A minor. Okay. All right. So, um, what the accessibility of these beyond the 18 high school sort of comments? The availability of these to what ages are they uh, are they available to? Ninth graders are 13 and 14 year olds and 15 and 16 year olds. So what do they say about that? They came back and said an 18 year old. Malcolm, they say nothing. They don't have a response to me. Literally, that. there's no response during uh -huh. the school board meetings. I speak and then they say, thank you very much. The minutes because I. Mm -hmm. I asked for uh, the minutes by way of right to know. I have right. minutes of every occasion I spoke. Mm -hmm. and do you know how they reference to my public comment? Right. Phoenicia Redmond, colon, literature. Phoenicia mm. Redmond, colon, literature. Yeah, yeah. So what is the, let me ask you, you've thought about this a lot, obviously. What is the, what is the gain for them? I mean, are these, I mean, how do they, I, I'm trying to understand, how do you think these people think? We, what do they gain by this? That's what I, I don't really, do you have a sense of that? If I did, I would have included it in my federal lawsuit. What I do have in my federal lawsuit are the tweets of the librarian, Right. The librarian, um, many now deleted tweets I, I saved, and they're part of my federal lawsuit. She she states that these books are are affirming to gay and lesbian and LGBTQ children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in my federal lawsuit, I wrote in the opening page, these children, whatever gender dysphoria they have or whatever it is, could you not have made a copy of a book without the oral sex, without the pedophilia? If you're trying to tell the story of someone who was going through some confusion, it's, it's their memoir. I respect that. 
everyone has an experience, right? Why did you have to insert minors having oral sex with each other? Why is there even any picture of an adult man grabbing the penis of an adolescent child? Hmm. What part of pedophilia makes any sense? Are we teaching these LGBTQ children that it's okay to have an adult grab your penis? Yeah, this is what makes no sense. And what about the federal law? Like so many laws on our books, uh, you know, they they never are followed. The USC Title 18, Section 1470. I mean, there's some pretty straightforward uh, penalties in there for this sort of thing. What's your where does that play into this? And why is there no accountability there? It's a great question. So after the detective weighed in her opinion, she had to file forward that to the district attorney in Chester County. She forwards it to the district attorney. When I get another copy of the police report in her writing, it states that the district attorney, quote, does not find this to be a criminal matter and the case is closed. Mm. That was on the first complaint in December. The second complaint in December, again, the district attorney does not find this to be a criminal matter. So they are blatantly ignoring the federal statute. The other thing here, Malcolm, is that there's a second federal statute, 18 U.S. Code 1466A as an apple. Obscene visual representations of the sexual abuse of children. And they call into this. It depicts a minor engaging in sexual explicit conduct. It could be an image of a minor engaging in graphic bestiality, sadistic or masochistic abuse, or sexual intercourse, including genital to genital or oral on genital, anal on genital. It could be a visual depiction of any kind, including a drawing, a cartoon, all of which these books fall under that criteria. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. It's hard to wrap your mind around some of that, friends, uh, quite frankly. Um, And, uh, you know, I've been seeing in past days and weeks uh, the numbers of this, um, uh, the suicides of kids. Uh, The the numbers are staggering of what's happening here. And those that are seeking, I mean, it was like, it was like almost 50%, 40, 47, 48%, something like that, as I recall. I mean, I remember it. uh, clearly, uh, of kids that um, are suicidal or attempt some sort of suicide that have this gender d- dysphoria here. Um, so, you know, you have to, why is this at such a heightened awareness? Why is there so much of it today? And we see it, and everybody knows somebody. If you don't, if it's not in your own circle, it's not too far from your circle. Somebody knows somebody who's impacted in some way. And in other words, what I'm saying is it's it's an epidemic mode. And it's everywhere. And we've become a very sexualized society, very clearly. It's all about that. And the kids know far more than you, you, they really should. I mean, their innocence is stolen at a very young age. And so the questions become really obvious, friends. How does any of this uh, help any of that out? Well, it doesn't, obviously. It's, it's the core of the evil. It's the core of the problem and what, uh, what's, what's uh, taking place here. And uh, it's having a massive impact on, on kids. 
uh, those that are committing suicide and those that, you know, and, and it goes even further. I mean, those who the, the parents that are allowing, you know, uh, them to have, uh, uh, you know, body alterations and mutilations, uh, changing their body parts, things of this nature. Um, and then these people are sad for it sometime later. But the point is, where does this all come from? See, it's all coming from exactly what we're talking about here, the core of the problem. When you start teaching this stuff, it's everything is sexualized with the kids. They know far. I mean, let me at that age. I mean, my God, the closest we came to any of this was GI Joes and Barbie dolls, for God's sakes, uh, playing trucks in the dirt outside. I mean, talk about. I mean, naivety potentially, uh, but it was a good naivety. I mean, the kids don't need to engage in this sort of thing, Clay. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, remember those are the those were the strongest. Uh, Points that I can remember as a kid, we just didn't get into it. Otherwise, we, certainly none of this was in the school system. Uh, we, we, uh, it, it was a whole different upbringing, and it's changed dramatically. It's like overnight, this whole thing has changed, and it's become a machine. And the indoctrination of the kids, and now it's having an impact on society in ways that people can't even imagine. And that's what we're struggling with here today, friends. It's it's uh, unbelievably sad. Uh, it's crazy stuff, uh, to be sure. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit further after the pause here, more with Venetia Redmond and uh, also uh, Dr. Stephanie Coxon will be here as well. And she brought the story to my attention uh, and uh, wrote a terrific um, op-ed on the piece on this story here. Uh, and this is what it takes. It takes warriors, uh, people like this uh, that are going to, uh, you know, sometimes get uncomfortable. You could hear when uh, Venetia was reading the um, the words. They're not comfortable. They say you don't get comfortable putting that out there. And you know what I mean? And uh, imagine doing that in these meetings and with the politicians. But she knows you, you've got to do it that way. There's a, there's only one way to do these things, friends. You have to fight fire with fire. You see, you have to stand up. You have to push back hard. And that's obviously what Venetia is doing and, and Stephanie as well and her uh, lending a voice. So I'm thrilled to have both of them on here today and get this message out there. And let me tell you that there is, uh, we're going to have the links when this does go to podcast. Uh, and I want to talk to more about the legal ramifications of this. Uh, the GoFundMe, she's uh, trying to corral, get the dollars to be able to properly litigate this thing. Because, yeah, it's like everything, friends. So, you know, the legal system is very expensive and you've got to have the dollars to be able to fight back. And so there is a public outcry for that as well uh, to raise awareness again. And we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of that as well. Uh, so a couple of our sponsored products I want to bring to your attention right now. Uh, that uh, I, I think just, I mean, they're tremendous. Cofix RX uh, and Clear, both. We're talking nasal hygiene now. And so, you know, we've become a society that, you know, we wash our hands with soap, disinfectant sort of thing. And then that was, uh, it was always about that, but it was more than that. And this, we, and we learned a lot of this through the COVID uh, deal that we were going through, that nasal hygiene, where this comes into our respiratory tract and into our lungs is through the nose, uh, pathogens are in the air. So when you're talking flus, influences, we're in flu season. Um, in influences, viruses, superbugs, and even SARS-CoV-2, even the COVID business. All of this, these are pathogens in the air that get into your respiratory tract through your nose. They can all be defeated completely with nasal hygiene. 
by, by putting up a couple of drops of that. So let me explain to you both of these products. Cofix RX is made with povidine iodine. When you put that into your nose, it kills any of those pathogens. It stops them in their tracks. That's the way to do that. Now, clear XLEAR. That's made with xylitol. Does the same thing. It will kill those pathogens. So there's two very unique products. Uh, and they each have different applications. And they're both fantastic uh, products that we recommend here on our platform. Now, Cofix, you can go to cofixrx.com forward slash out loud. If you don't have Cofix in your possession, in your, uh, uh, you know, even in your pocketbook or uh, close by in your family, everybody should have their own bottle of this without a doubt. Anytime you're feeling anything, you want to be using this immediately because it will get in there. Even influencers and flus and things like that, it will knock it down. So this thing doesn't have a chance to propagate in your system. So Cofix RX, our listeners get 20% off that product. Use the code OUTLOUD or the banner ad back at America Out Loud. You'll see sponsored partnerships. Just click that, get in there, and you can find out all kinds of information about it. But I highly recommend it. CofixRx.com forward slash out loud. 20% off our listeners get with the code out loud. Clear XLEAR is available in supermarkets, pharmacies nationwide. You can get that very, very easy. And uh, that that is available and it's a very effective product. These are both great companies, great products. I highly recommend the bottom line is this. Make sure you have nasal hygiene for your family, for your friends, your loved ones around you. Each one should have their own bottle. It is the perfect way. Had we given this to everybody at the early onset of the pandemic, I guarantee you we would have saved countless lives and we would have there would have never been a pandemic like we had here. It, and I continue to say that, friends, because it's the truth. Between nasal hygiene and vitamin D, we could have entirely trans, tra, transpired this whole thing. It would have changed overnight. We would have never had a pandemic the way it was played out with all these vaccines and everything they were pushing. And yet that was never relayed to the American people. So that's a bit of information for you today. All of those sponsored partnerships, again, are right back at AmericaOutloud.com. That's how you find out more there. We're going to take a quick pause now. and We'll return just on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the OutLoud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait. We wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. 
For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back into the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and uh, welcome back to the program, my friends. And this is a very, uh, very personal story today, but a very, very important one. And it gets to the root of a lot of the problems we're having. You know, I always say, if you really want to fix the problems, you've got to get to the root cause of the problem. One of the root causes of our problems in society today is our education system, bar none. And there's finally, there's starting to be a light put a spotlight put onto this problem. And the more that we're aware of it now, we're seeing an outcry from sea to sea here in America. We're seeing people and parents and moms and dads who are getting involved in school boards. So let me be clear. I think America finally is starting to stand up. They're finally starting to take notice. They're finally starting to say enough is enough. Now, you have to begin to ask yourself, which I alluded to up front of the program, you know, who is it that thinks this is all right, that this is proper behavior? You know, and where does this really come from? What is their gain? That's always what I want to know is what do they gain by this? What, what are they trying to accomplish? Because none of it makes any sense. 
And it really gets to a lot of the problems we're having with suicide and depression and, and kids that are so screwed up that they, they just can't figure it out because this thing is all over uh, our school system and our education in our libraries. Do you remember you started seeing, we talked about this a couple of years back, the, all the transgender queens and all of that stuff, the guys dressing up as drag queens in the libraries, reading to the kids, making it normal activity. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. I remember when we started seeing that, we had programs on it, shows on it. We had some of them on the programs, in fact, and it was so out there. So sometimes that's what you got to do to shine a light. You got to get in your face and you got to be able to see the pain and understand what's really transpiring here. The question now is, you know, what are we going to do about it? How do we push back on this thing? And that really is the sense of what we're talking about today. You heard up front on the program, the Pennsylvania mom who is suing government officials up in Pennsylvania for porn in the books. She got into all of this and she'll join us back in just a moment here. Phoenicia Redman uh, joins us back here. But I want to bring on now Dr. Stephanie Coxon, uh, who is a writer uh, for the platform, a voice here at America Out Loud. And uh, she's uh, herself a mother of five. Um, and she is a, a freedom activist, is the best way to call her. Uh, and these are people who are involved in, uh, in, in the system. This is what we need. So all of us need to be involved, friends. Uh, and uh, so, uh, Stephanie, you did an, you had an op-ed, which was terrific. You always hit it out of the park. Uh, this one was titled School Books That Show Your Child How to Perform Sexual Acts. I remember when it went live, we got a bunch of responses in it because, it, you know, you put it right out there. And uh, I, but this is what we got to do to hit a nerve. We got to hit a nerve and tell people what's really going on. And you say in the piece here, now our educational administration and government leaders happily, willingly lend, store, and even applaud books that feature child rape and oral sex. Parents need to ask questions, demand answers, take action. So the left can scream and yell about book banning all they want. I will protect and defend the innocence of my children. What will you do? That was your call to action. Now, let, let's let's talk about this. I mean, you've got your children. You you're right in the heat of all of this, Stephanie. Let's get back to when you met uh, Venetia here and you talked about when you started to see some of this here, the outrage initially here. You always move to action, it seems to me. Uh, talk about that moment, what transpired and the special relationship you've created with the Venetia to bring this to the light of day. So I actually, that first moment, I did not actually meet her. Um, so I saw her. I saw she was visibly upset. I could tell people were not paying attention. I could tell this was important. And it's that gut reaction that says mm. you've got to do something. One of the legislators who I happen to be really um, close with, I love her with all my heart, Barb Glime, who's here in Pennsylvania, afterwards walked through the doors and she sits on the education committee. And I said, you have to go talk to this lady. There's something going on. I was sitting behind Phoenicia, so I couldn't see the posters. But I knew it was important. It dealt with education. I knew this was the person that really she needed to meet. So I walked Barb up there to um, to meet her and she had actually had gone. She wasn't there. And so Barb left her left her card there with a note. And that was the last time I actually saw Phoenicia for a few months, quite a few months. Um, but Barb had taken the reins, helped her started, you know, make helping her move through the system, taking action. And then about a month ago. I was at a, at an event and Phoenicia was there 
And I actually had no idea I had an impact on this at all. I just walked up to her and said, I remember you from this event. Mm. And I said, um, and I told her, I said, I, I walked Barb Lime over there to see you because I could tell you're upset. And I said, I'm so glad to see some movement on this thing. And it was, she was just trying to hold the tears back because she realized who I was, that I was that person who made that connection. And that small little action that literally took not, you know, hardly any of my time, very little thought, but I just knew I needed to do something, had such a forceful impact. And I think that that information right there, someone taking a little bit of action can have a huge impact and not to ignore those gut instincts, because now here we have it out loud for everyone in our in the U.S. to know what is happening within the public school education. Yeah. yeah. All because of that one little moment. I think it is one of the spotlights that came out of COVID. I'd like you to talk about that a moment, Stephanie. Um, I think the unveiling of a lot of these misgivings in our educational system needed to be discovered because a lot of people were running around with their hair on fire, wondering what the hell was going on with society. Nobody could make any sense of it, obviously. And it really was off the charts. Uh, and and it's not, I mean, we're just real people. We're not homophobic. We're not any of this stuff, transphobic or any of this nonsense that they call you or racist or something else. Right. I mean, but you can live whatever life you want to live. That's not the point here. I mean, the, but the question is, don't push it on my kids and my life. And that's the bitch of this whole thing is they take the problem and they jam it down your throat and they make the minority have the loudest voices. So they're not even... They're so minute of the population, what we're talking about here, Stephanie, but they get the loudest, uh, uh, they get most of the attention. And it's that's what's sick. Talk about the COVID, the unveiling, uh, what people started to discover with the education system, do you think? Well, let me first say that I think shutting everything down for two weeks was their the government's biggest mistake because mm-hmm. people like me now who normally has busy schedules trying to keep up with life all of a sudden has two weeks where you can just research the heck out of things, right? Like you can go dig into stories, dig into lawsuits and that information starts to come to the forefront. And there were a lot of people out there like me. Now you have the kids unable to go to school, having zoom calls in their homes, the parents not working. And all of a sudden we are seeing what is happening within the classroom. And it is just exploding and everyone's eyes were opened and the amount of demented information being expressed. I mean, we saw it with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. We've seen his information be suppressed, right? We don't really have all the information, but now we know there's this huge opening of sexual deviance that really exudes throughout our country that no one had a clue existed. And here comes a mom and you're asking, and you know, you ask the question, why are they doing this? Well, let me tell you, I think I know why they're doing it. Tell us, please. Because when you introduce these sorts of images to a young age, you know, and I don't know the exact numbers, but you can look them up. You exponentially have kids that become addicted to, to sexual, to pornography, to sexual deviance, Mm -hmm. you become perverted. 
And so I think there is, there's this, um, you create confusion, mm -hmm. right? So there's a, this very strong in terms of what a child sees and right. what they become, right? We become our perceived experiences. So mm -hmm. putting these graphic images in the heads of young children, help them to, to become the people the government wants them to become. Right. And quite right. frankly, what anything showed of those, you know, the Epstein stuff mm -hmm. is that we have a lot of government officials who are deeply embedded yeah. in this in this sexual deviance. Yeah. Let me ask you, Stephanie, it, it, in my words, it's the undermining of society. That's what's happening here. It's based on what you're even saying. There's the undermining of society. And I, I think what's transpired here, you know, isn't it always about good and evil? I mean, when you talk about the kinds of people who would do this, there's really no other word that comes to my mind except just basic evil. This is really the, I mean, what else, how else, that's what I can never make sense of. What's the objective? What, well, right. the, the canal, what's the objective? The objective is they're sick sons of bitches. Right. I mean, and what more could there be to it? And it's the undermining of societies that they're looking for. Um, I, it's, it's beyond the pale here, but I, I think that's all I can really come up with. It's, it's really got to be part of the fight of good and evil. These people are, I mean, like the people that Venetia is fighting with and that, you know, through all these uh, uh, school board meetings and what have you, uh, a lot of these people are, uh, I mean, what? how do I say? I mean, this doesn't sound nice, I know, but I kind of believe, Stephanie, they're possessions of Satan himself. What do you say to that? You know, I... You're absolutely right. I, this is good versus evil. I don't know. I think there are some people who just don't know. When I read this lawsuit, I remember you sent me a you sent me a message saying, "Hey, um, you haven't written in a bit," and I was actually working on this very article. And it took me five times of picking up the lawsuit and putting it down because I would get so physically ill reading it. Wow! I I could not handle it. I couldn't come back to it. Um, if yeah, I think this is the one where you sent it and said, I, I just got to send this. I got to get this off my plate or something. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yes. I like I just yeah. you can't if people yeah. actually looked at these books yeah. and saw what it was. I, I have a hard time believing that anyone would be OK with this, especially exactly. with our young children. Even as an adult, I, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just it was it was the most difficult article I've ever written, even sitting here and talking mm. to you, it is gut wrenching because yeah. it's nothing like I've ever seen before. I could never imagine this being in our schools and my children having access to it. This is not okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it destroys their youth completely, Stephanie. I mean, it totally destroys their youth. I mean, and at any age like that, they shouldn't be engaged in these kinds of things. And and I've seen the images because uh, they're right in the uh, the uh, page, the web page you have there at the GoFundMe. Um, how do people uh, find that page again? We're going to put links in the post when it goes to podcast. But if they're listening to it in their cars or on talk radio, how do they uh, find it? It's in the GoFundMe, is it? It's that site, yeah. right? Yeah. It's GoFundMe. It's Injunction PA Mom. Injunction um, PA Mom. Sue's government. Okay. And and if you type that in the search, is that what happens? It comes up? Yes. Yeah. Injunction PA Mom. Uh, and this is really about, well, Injunction I guess. Injunction I, I, PA Mom, Sue's government. And also, if you typed in, I wonder if you just typed in porn in the schools, does it come up there? You know, I'm not sure. That's I wonder, because that's, yeah, that would be, because uh, that's really the heat of this thing, that people would 
uh, remember, I wonder. I wonder if it does. You'll have to test it out and see here why we're doing this. But if that does, that would be easy for people to remember because that's the hot button here that really irritates people is that there is porn in the schools and it is exactly happening. And they're they're sent, they're seeing all this. Let's talk about the legal fight now that's happening. Uh, Venetia, you went right to a legal fight. You talk to, where's that at? Tell, all right, tell us, inform listeners, how did you go about getting an attorney? You have the attorney now. How are they representing you? What's happening there? Where's that at? What kind of money are we talking? Where are you at in this thing? Give, give us the lowdown on that, please. I don't have an attorney. Um, I can just go back a few days to on June 20th. I took the very pictures from the books and I blew them into posters, poster size. And friends and I stood inside the Capitol in Harrisburg in a silent protest so that the legislators, as they came in and out, would see and would ask us questions at will. Within two hours, the Capitol Police, Lieutenant Devlin, mm -hmm. came up to me yelling, stating, you have to remove those posters. They are graphic <laughs> and there are, there are children in these corridors. That's hysterical. That, that's hysterical. Wow. The very posters that wow. are in the school library, he yeah. banned me and my friends. We had to remove them. I knew we were on to something at that yeah. point. Yeah. My posters were circulating among the House of Representatives. Mm. And the Senate was about to pass a bill, which did get passed. On Let me ask you this. Why don't you take those? But just I got to blurt this out while I got it. Why don't you blow those up, put them on signs and put them on the lawns with a stick in there of all of those po political on the boards and what in the, and, and the politicians? What do you think? It's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Get their attention. I mean, this is in the book. So, yeah, if it's obscene, then apply your federal law, USC Title 18, Section 1470, and arrest these bastards. Malcolm, the worst part of it, though, is that on June 29, I was told by the House of Representatives that my pornographic posters were in the governor's office. Okay. In the governor's office. They had a meeting with him, they said. Right. And he said he would veto any bills related to these parental rights requests. So why? I up, why? Why? Well, I guess he's going to have to answer that when we get to court. Because hmm. he's listed as number one defendant. When the governor of Pennsylvania saw my posters and on my GoFundMe page, I have pictures because I went up to his office and I asked for my posters back. They were stunned that it was me. I said, I'm Phoenicia Redmond. I made those posters and I want them back and I want them back now. They went and got them and I took a picture of each poster in the governor's office as evidence that he saw them. Yeah. And to this very day, do you know what he and attorney general have done? They filed a motion to dismiss my case. And do you know what was the first reason they gave? Immunity. And the fourth reason they gave, literally they state that I do not have the right to represent my son because I'm pro se, because I don't have a lawyer. Right, right. Okay, so why don't you have a lawyer at this point? Money. Okay. <laughs> a big case. I think many lawyers are afraid that I have cited well in my complaint the complicity of the governor Right. Attorney General Shapiro, 
DAs, they're all complicit in ignoring federal law. This is a federal crime of child abuse by government officials. So I can understand that law firms don't want the FBI coming after them or the IRS. Mm -hmm. So here's what I'll say to you, uh, Malcolm. I have until October 28th to tell Judge Quinones if I have representation or not. And if I don't have representation, I'm going in as a mom because the Constitution gives me the right, the parental rights that I have are protected by the Constitution. So that's that's on the 28th later this month then? In about 12 days. Yeah. So we'll have to follow up on that for sure. Uh, On the, uh, let me just look here, the 28th is a Friday. Yeah, okay, all right. Interesting. And, and will you know? When will you know? There are there are two large firms in the United States right now that are reviewing my lawsuit. And I'm prayerful that one of them is going to see the constitutional violations, the federal violations here and take the case. Well, I would think somebody would jump at this opportunity, quite frankly. Well, if you know who that is, uh, you have my, you have my. Oh yeah, I'm thinking already. My head has been spinning here with legal people I know. As you've been talking, I've been thinking who would take this case because we got some strong uh, legal folks around. And I'm just wondering why somebody hasn't jumped on this. It's a huge opportunity to make it right. Listen, I, I want to leave you with with one thing from the United States Supreme Court. It was a case called Troxel versus Granville. Listen to this. The interest of parents in the care, custody, and control of their children is perhaps the oldest fundamental liberty interest recognized by this court. That was said by Justice O'Connor, who was then the Chief Justice, and Justice Ginsburg concurred, and Justice Breyer concurred. They concurred and said, choices parents make about the upbringing of children are among associated rights, sheltered by the 14th Amendment against the state's unwanted usurpation, disregard, and disrespect. We have the law, the Constitution is on our side, the Supreme Court justices have already weighed on this, Mm -hmm. the federal law is clear on the violations of our children. I don't, I'm ready to go. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear everything you're saying. Um, Stephanie, your your final thoughts on what you think, uh, back to the legal representation part of this, and from what Venetia just puts out there, I mean, it seems like this should be a slam dunk. It does. Um, there, there's so much to back her case mm-hmm. and the importance of this for parental rights across the country, for you to have a say so in your child's education. This is not a, about book banning. This is about your child keeping their innocence and you as the parent deciding right. when things should be introduced to them. And let me ask you that point you just brought up. Is there, and I haven't heard, I remember seeing in your uh, op-ed there a little bit about the book banning. Is that a real thing? They're, they're suggesting that we're banning books. Is that it? Yeah, Alleg- that is the rhetoric being put forth by the left is that these that we are book banners all right um right well i'll tell you what uh if nothing else stephanie uh, this will surely begin to show more and more that the evil of the marxist left that this really is evil at its core and when you look at this and they're accusing this of, of banning uh, of uh, banning books which surely they have done historically 
Uh, but uh, that's not at all what's going on here. But that's the, that's the only thing I guess they got to grab onto. Is that it, Stephanie? Is that it? That's yeah. it. And then they run with it and they say it so often that people actually believe them. That's it. That's exactly what irritates the hell out of me is they have the media is always the sound box is the megaphone for these jackasses always. Yep. And it's got to stop here. Um, well, uh, I've got a couple of things I'm going to tell listeners now, but uh, just I absolutely applaud. I knew we had to tell this story. Um, Venetia Redmond, thank you for standing up for society, for kids, for, for what's right, um, for everything you're doing. Uh, thank you. Thank you uh, for telling the story. And we're just starting here and we'll follow back up after this 28th thing. And Dr. Stephanie Gotchen, always appreciate your help and getting these stories out there. And you absolutely have a voice here and then some. And now let me tell you folks out there in our last moments here that uh, this is important. This is important. Now, if you go to GoFundMe.com, you can do what exactly what I said. Just type in this. This is why you'll remember. You may not remember the injunction, PA thing, whatever, but you'll remember porn in schools. Just type in porn in schools in the search bar. I've done it, and it will come right up. It's the first story there. Injunction, PA mom sues government porn in schools. There are some other ones there, but that's the first one. That's the one you want to click on, the PA mom that we're speaking about here so just, again, porn in schools. What's wrong with this whole story? We don't want porn in schools. What do we want to shine a light on? That there's porn in schools. So what's the program here? The lessons, friends? Porn in schools. Go to GoFundMe. Type in porn in schools. There's a whole litany there that Venetia has played out there. She's got word by word. She's got the images. She's got so the proof is in the pudding. She's not making this stuff up. She, she, she's not pulling this out of thin air. This is all real. It's in the page. Go look at the page for yourself. Circulate the page. Share the page. Okay? Tell people to go look at this garbage and tell them to do something about it. And you know what? Everybody just throws in 20 bucks. I mean, whatever for legal or what have you, it, that'll make a difference. You want to throw in 50? Terrific. But throw in something to help the cause out here is what it is. You know, it, it always takes money. It always takes a system, right, to push back on this stuff. And it takes strong people, courage. And that's what we're dealing with here. So again, GoFundMe. Uh, this will be on podcast here in just a couple of days. If you listen to this on talk radio and it'll all be in the post there. It'll all be in the post, all the links, everything you need to know. Uh, there'll be a very vivid post on this. And I will also keep this flame burning. I will put this up on the left sidebar. I'm going to put this on the network. So it's very visible connecting to this drive here to try to raise awareness and raise dollars uh, in the fight here for Phoenicia Redman and uh, Stephanie Coxon both uh, to fight this fight. It, listen, it's the core of everything we talk about here every day, friends. It's the fight of evil. And it takes good people to make a stand and say, you know what? Enough is enough. You want to start fixing some of the problems we're having today? It starts right here. That's where it starts. Uh, there's no better way. It, you want to fight the system back? It starts right here. That's how you do it, friends. That's exactly it. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's an important one. Help us get the word out there. GoFundMe.com. Porn in schools. We don't want it. Get rid of it. And maybe you'll start to see some of the suicides come down and some of this gender dysphoria and people who don't know what they are. They want to say they're cats. I mean, what they're teaching in the school system is sick. It's the core of evil. It is, it is uh, Satan at its worst, friends. That's all I can say to you. And it's happening right here in the light of day here. 
Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.